Good morning, everybody. Happy Memorial Weekend. Uh, special episode of 4 and 4 Buck the System today. Uh, I have my first ho- guest host. Yeah, guest. Um, yeah. <laughs> EC, uh, my guy Castro, uh, friend from college. Uh, we went together at Marquette. He helped drive me out to California, which is ironic because now I need a driver to get me out to Austin. But Castro, how have you been, man? How are you doing? Pretty good. Thank you for having me on, man. Really appreciate it. It's been a long time. First time. You know? I know. Uh, it took a while um, because, A, I was lazy. B, still trying to figure out the whole podcasting thing. Uh, we actually will be releasing a podcast soon. Uh, we'll talk about that at the end. But, hey, man, I just want to get your thoughts from a non a non-Bucks fan of what just happened. And I guess, you know, if you wanted to talk about really the background between, like, you know, last year's series this year's series uh what'd you see what'd you observe and how do you feel about the Bucks from a non you know Bucks perspective I guess sure uh I mean extremely impressive to see them go 4-0 against the Heat I mean this year I've been you can tell a big difference was Drew Holiday you know that was the missing component that you guys have had have been like lacking I would say yeah. ever since Brogdon left I would say one of those things that Brogdon brought to the floor was a lot of calm nature level-headedness and good decision-making and at that position when you had blood so you didn't really have that so that was a big 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 piece that you guys had coming into this series this year I know a lot of people are speculating and saying the heat are like bubble frauds and saying they're not consistent and that was just like they caught fire and it just went with it last year but a lot of it was Jimmy Butler like that man was just a man on a mission last year and you know this year um the rotations for Miami just kind of seemed weird you know a lot of the time I thought um even going into the playoffs Tyler Hill I thought needed to have more um time on the court a lot of it was you know Dragic and and Kendrick Nunn and that rotation it just you can see the difference like whenever you guys would come in and out of your second units that you guys just took advantage and your defense was just impeccable this year especially going into um the first round against the Heat so y'all whooped their ass it's impressive to see and um not to mention, uh, Bam Adebayo kind of fell off too. He wasn't as uh, impactful as he was last year. Yeah, you bring up. So you brought up actually a couple of good points. Uh, the first quick one is Bam, because I remember last year he was hitting those jump those jumpers. Uh, yeah, he and created a lot of spacing. Yeah, of he, spacing. Could, he couldn't hit a face up jump shot this year. I don't know if it's because the pressure or less dribble handoffs, but for some reason he just couldn't knock those shots down. And Bam's a wonderful player, but when you're not hitting shots, like it's almost like the Giannis situation where um, if one of your players is very limited or they figure out his game, then it's like minus one player on the floor. Um, You also brought up an interesting point, which I was very, which I'm actually really curious to hear your perspective on is Malcolm Brogdon, because like you said, they have very similar games and I would say Brogdon's probably a more efficient score. So when we had him two years ago, we had a whole different outlook, but he was kind of like the fourth player on the team. Why do you think, because I believe that Drew Holiday is a a better player, and B he just fits better. And is that more indictment on Brogdon, or do you think Drew's just a better overall player? Uh, I mean, like I want to say a lot of it. I mean, comparatively speaking, we're talking about Brogdon and Drew Holiday, where Drew just has more experience in the league. He's been here what I want to say since twenty twelve. Does that sound right? I think twenty no twenty ten. So he was Drew part of that Holiday. draft class with DeRozan. Curry. You're right, you're right. But I mean, yeah. I think he was a one-year 
He was a one-year college player. So he came in at age, I think, 19. Well, Brogdon, I think, played all four years of college. Yeah, out of Virginia. So yep. um, I think that's a big component that, you know, Drew Holiday just has a lot more NBA hours, so to speak. So he brings that veteran presence. And like I was saying, the level-headedness that uh, Brogdon came in with because of he was a four-year, you know, out of college. So a lot of what Drew does just complements what, you guys want to accomplish on the floor. And that was something that Brockton did really well too. I mean, he had a little bit more of a limited role comparatively speaking. Cause I mean, if you think about it though, you know, the money invested, the draft pick that was invested there compared to the big trade that you made for Drew holiday, you kind of have to implement him more so into the offense to get your, you know, results. So a lot of what you guys do and, and not to mention, you know, his cohesion, the cohesiveness and the backcourt, with whatever you rotate in and out of there, it just, it works really well. I mean, Middleton, as much of a rat face as I like to call him and make fun of him on that, the guy is, he's a shooter. He's, he really is money. So um, I, I like to make fun of him a lot. And that's a lot of the things that I used to do back in, you know, back in the day when I was up in Milwaukee saying, you know, he wasn't legit, but the backcourt's solid. And, you know, Brogdon had that back, you know, two years ago, but Drew Holiday just has a lot more, I don't know. He just has that, it's just the veteran presence, I would say, more often than not. He just has that calm demeanor about him that he's been through it. He knows what to do. And he finally has those complimentary pieces that he hasn't really had before. Yeah, I guess it's just so hard to like discern because like they have pretty similar games. I would say, like I said, Brogdon's more efficient on offense and he's a lot more. He can get his own bucket. But like, I don't know. I just feel so much safer when Drew's on the court. I don't know if that's you know, the presence, but also I, I definitely think one discernible quality is that Drew is a much better defender. And I would say he's probably top five perimeter defenders in the league. You could make an argument like top three. So, and then Brogdon, he's always off the court. Cause that guy, I don't know if you, like some people just have the bug as they call it, but it's interesting because, you know, I think people forget that we should have just kept Brogdon uh, instead of, you know, Bledsoe. And then we gave up all those picks for holiday, but it's interesting to see because it's like, Oh, part of the reason we're going to make able to make that trade is because we got the picks back from Indiana to use it for the holiday trade. But I'm always curious because like, I, I couldn't see this Bucks team being better. The same, like if you replace Brogdon with holiday, I just don't see them being as, much of a lethal threat as they are this time. And I don't know if it's because you have Giannis also as a really good defensive player. And then you have Giroux. I don't know if that, like, because they're good defensively, uh, if that's the difference, but there's just something, it just feels different about if we would have kept Brog. I mean, here's, there's no way to know, but I just feel like there would be a discernible difference, but I don't know. Do you, would you, would you agree on that or no? Yeah. I mean, a lot of that comes also with just like the playoff experience, right? Like, I mean, two years ago compared to now, you know, and Giannis having his MVP, MVP years, his development has been amazing to see. Like, I remember, you know, when we were back in college, how I was like, this guy is not going to do anything. He's a thug or whatever when he was playing in the Bulls and him and Dunleavy went at it that one series. So, oh, yeah. Um, game, game six. I was, uh, I went to game five. I did not go to game six. Um, remember when those tickets were free? Yeah, that's how bad it was. Yeah, they're yeah, like, the Maya, there's the some of my hotcakes, just like whoever wanted one. I know. I remember that was that series where Jennings was like bucks and six, and they couldn't, they had that snowstorm, and they were giving tickets out. 
and people wouldn't go. But I mean, it's just, it, I guess it just speaks on like how much things can change in five years. But, um, you know, um, now the Bucks, they'll be most likely facing, like, I don't want to go too far ahead, but like, let's be for real, they'll be facing the Brooklyn Nets. Nets, yes. Now, I don't know about you, I think that is going to be probably the series of the whole Eastern Conference. I mean, like, even go, even regardless of like Eastern Conference finals, I think that's the matchup that A, people want to see, B, the stylistic differences between both teams is intriguing. And then like, you got some star power on the Nets. So, I don't know. Um, got all the stuff. How, how, how you the feel about the series? How are you thinking it's going to shape out? It's it's tough because, like, I think you know what talent. We always say talent usually wins out. So uh, on paper, they really the Brooklyn Nets really should win. But I would say for one of the most talented like teams out there, they have a discernible trait that a lot of people are a little skeptical, which is their defense. You know, and their their philosophy is we're just going out shoot you. So uh, I'm going to kick it back to you. How do you envision the series? What do you what are you looking for? X factors and whatnot. Sure. I mean the the interesting thing. I mean they still have to get past the Celtics. So I don't want to completely write them off. I mean considering they didn't have Robert Williams and Kemba last game, it kind of showed. Um, yeah, even though Kemba, you know, everyone says their piece on Kemba, um, but I'm a Kemba once- fan. Yeah, once they once they wrap them up, which is you know what everyone is under the impression uh, that's going to happen. I like I, I agree with you. I wish this was a Eastern Conference Finals type thing. That's you know I think it's coming out a little around early, but it is what it is. And I'm really intrigued by you know the, the fake Oklahoma City plus Kyrie experiment in uh, Brooklyn. Um, I think the X factor, oddly enough. Um, is going to be that matchup between Drew Holiday and Kyrie Irving, because mm-hmm. um, I think Giannis and and Durant they're gonna they're gonna have their scrum and they're gonna get into it. Um, yeah, Katie's gonna get his no matter what. Same thing right. with Giannis. Um, so I think that matchup between Kyrie and and um, Drew Holiday is gonna be the big big driver of like who's gonna see more success. Because I think the styles like you mentioned. Brooklyn's firepower is immaculate. We have James Harden. There's no way Middleton, I don't see Middleton being able to keep up with him. Well, see, that's why I think, I think it's better to almost put Holiday on Harden because Harden could also be a lot more effective passing the ball and True. it runs through that. So I was like, I feel like you might rather have Holiday on Harden. And then, I mean, here's the thing regardless, Bucks are probably going to have to let, let one of them just, you know, fill it up. Right. And I feel like if you're going to take your chances, I think the best one to take your chances on is Kyrie. But I just, he's James Harden. He gets his bucket. He gets the fouls. He can pass. And Kyrie can do those as well. But I don't consider him as an efficient passer as James Harden. But, uh, and this is where also I think losing Dante DiVincenzo hurts, not on the offensive side, but on the defensive side. And it'll be interesting because I don't, I don't know who the Bucks replace him with. Like, I mean, playoff Pat, which I would not feel secure about, or you leave Bryn Forbes who can't cover anybody, but can shoot with the best of them. But I mean, is that it's all trade off? Yeah. There's, there's quite a few trade offs you're going to have to take right. into consideration. And like the second unit is going to be where that battle is going to take place. Right. So it's going to be really interesting how the Nets deploy their second unit against, you know, I think your, your guys are going to have to play a little bit more minutes yeah, to, to compensate for that just because, 
a lot of what the Nets are trying to do is push the tempo, push the tempo, and get off their shots where, you know, they let out like a faucet, leaky faucet on defense. But right. it's it'll be interesting to see who on the bus. I think it would be uh, Pat. I think it might be his his responsibility to kind of take up that responsibility and see where that, you know, takes them on that second unit for sure. Yeah, from the minute side, which I don't feel great about. And then, like like I said, Bryn Forbes, which honestly, big X factor in this last Heat series because he went off twice um, and essentially torched them out. Uh, I don't know if he would have the same success against Brooklyn. He might, but, like, he can't cover. But I guess, again, then again, it's like, oh, do you really need him to? Uh, I'm curious. So I don't know. I don't have enough film knowledge of whether or not P.J. Tucker can card Harden or because I just imagine him going against KD, but like I feel like this is the series where they really got to utilize PJ Tucker because Brooke Lopez might be a little too slow coming off, you know, ball screens. And if Definitely. they're, you know, so I think this is why you bring him in. It's for that defensive flexibility. I just don't know is if he's quick enough or if he's good enough to uh, slow down Harden. Because then if he if he is, then that's when I would put Holiday on Irving and then like, all right, then it's your three versus our three. Cause like Middleton, I think will just be like a help, not help defender, but he's, he'll probably just be on Joe Harris, just like holding him down. But I don't know. I think it'll be interesting. I think they're going to have to deploy PJ Tucker almost kind of like they, like golden state does with Draymond green. Yeah. Um, which is scary because I mean, I guess, cause they also have Deandre Jordan, but um, I guess if Giannis is playing a small five and then you put Tucker at the four, that might be the most flexible. It's interesting though, right? Because this a lot to team, ask, a lot to ask for people to kind of change and oh, totally. And, and that's kind of flex over make it difficult. It's this is I mean I see this going six seven games no matter what unless Brooklyn just goes on an absolute tear and like Milwaukee is not make, able to make adjustments, which it's a lot different this time around because. Milwaukee had a whole year to form adjustments against Miami because they got beat so soundly last year. But this year, you know, Harden didn't even come until, what, how many games in? And then they haven't even played together, which is crazy to me, which it's like, it brings this question to me. It's continuity and whether that actually has a true effect on teams. Uh, We've seen it with the Nets. You could say you've seen it with the Lakers this year, but I'm curious to see how it's going to play out. Man, it's going to be a heavyweight, heavyweight bout, and I just I I agree one hundred percent. It it's just the interest. I think it's just the rotations that they're going to commit. Like they're going to have to definitely feel each other out the first couple games, and and find that magic formula. Because I don't think either of them really have an idea of what's going to work. Because I mean, your defense is very sound, so it's a, that classic matchup of overpowered offense and a phenomenal defense. You know, rocking a hard place, that kind of thing, unstoppable right. force movable object so i think it'll be very interesting to see who who adjusts for who first that'll be like who want who actually sticks to their game plan and and who actually has to make those adjustments to compensate for something that they don't have right and i think on the buck side they're going to have to do those adjustments like almost by necessity because talent wise brooklyn's the most talented team maybe in the last four or five seasons, just based on players. You literally have three closers and three guys that can create their own shot. Yep. Um, so regardless of adjustments, it's one of those guys are going to get their shots. It's going to come down whether they go in or out. But on Milwaukee side, it's 
can you keep up with that uh, and make, you know, scheme adjustments and whatnot. But I'll say this, I'm sure you probably watched the regular season, uh, which let's take it with a grain of salt, but I thought it was very interesting. The two game series that they played essentially almost back to back because that very much had a playoff feel. However, James Harden was not there, which that's a huge difference. You it's know a big I mean? component. Yeah. You're, exactly. That's, that's a, that's a heavyweight right there that you're missing. So you're a heavy hitter. And I think what's been crazy is I think every time that they played, one player was out because Harden was out. And then I think Kyrie was out the first game and it was Harden's debut with Durant. And that also went, people forget that went down to a final shot as well. So I don't know. I think there's a lot at stake because it's like, you know, from Milwaukee side, it's they overcame the heat, which was a huge for them. And not only did they overcome, it's the way they beat them, which was important. But now you have this next obstacle, which is like the Colossus. But if I'm Milwaukee, the stakes are high and they have, they should be high because I think every team, if you're going to win a championship, you have to play, you're going to end up playing the best teams regardless. So that's part of the journey. It's it's happening so quickly. I mean, like this is usually what we would see the East Eastern conference finals. Yeah. Eastern conference finals is where this should have probably taken place. But I mean, I think, like you mentioned, like I think the winner of this series, you know, barring anything catastrophic happens, you know, with the Celtics, right? If they come back or whatever and win seven. But um that the winner of that series between the Nets and and the and the Bucks will be the more likely suitor out of the East to go to the NBA finals, I think. Not to write yeah. off the Sixers or write off the bat either. Sixers are very impressive with Doc Rivers. They are. Um, but I, I, I just think in, in terms of just how it's shaping up, that's probably what's going to happen. Whoever wins that series is going to end up being the representative out of the East. Yeah, we'll see, which I guess brings us to our, like, our next series, which I'm not going to talk about too long because it, it mentions, uh, you know, the 76ers, who I hate. You know, I'm not a big fan <laughs> of their whole process. Yeah, the pro- you know me. I just I think that's just bad for basketball. But I mean, let's just be honest. They have it easy. Uh, what they're up three zero. They're going. They're going to. They're, they're, yeah, they're done. They're gonna clinch it tonight. I don't see the Wizards at home beating um, them. But that brings us to the next Eastern Conference uh, series, or I guess the last one that we'll talk about, which is the Knicks versus the Hawks. Which honestly, lucky for Philadelphia because they have such an easy route to the finals. Because here's the thing: the winner of the Knicks Hawks. I'm not going. I I don't think it'll be close. I think Philadelphia would crush them because no, there's no answer for Joel Embiid. But that brings me to this topic: the Knicks versus the Hawks. The whole interesting I like young the Spike team, Lee contrast. Spike Lee yeah, man. How how are you liking that series so far? It's it's fun. I mean, uh, as a Chicago born and bred boy, seeing my man D Rose and and Taj Gibson with Coach Tibbs is it's I know. it's kind of cool to see. It's cool to see Derrick Rose ball out again. And Julius Randle has been the biggest disappointment this playoffs, yeah. I would say. You know, it kind them. of reminds me of uh, old man Boozer. <laughs> just always. Oh, God. I'm just saying. Chicago. Oh, man. <laughs> then we don't talk about Boozer, man. The, man. the man sharpied his head. If you ever I see, if, I don't know if you want to pull up the image for the, for the fans, but like just throw oh. it up on the screen or something. But the man sharpied his head literally to make it look like he had darker hair. It was. Yeah. Let me image go, is popular. Let's see if I can find Trash. This uh, I, I still can't believe it. Um, yeah. And like, speaking of Julius Randall, I, so 
for such a great, and he's had a phenomenal, phenomenal season. Um, I just don't get what's happening uh, with him. It's, it's almost at a left field, right? Like as soon as the lights came on and it's playoff time, he kind of just, I guess, gave up. I don't, I don't, I don't know either. Like, I don't, I don't think that's the reason why there's gotta be something else, but like, you got to see the considerable difference, the, the numbers that he was putting up going into coming out of the regular season and his most improved player award, which well-deserved, by the way. Yeah, was- a- absolutely. Especially which um, I always, so I'm really curious, your quick, well, quick little sidetrack, because, you know, I have ADHD and I love talking about just random. Yeah. Anyways, so Anthony Davis trade, right? And the Lakers essentially gave up all their talent, all these players. But can you imagine a situation with, the Lakers, I'm not going to say kept D'Lo because I think he was part of the reason why they had to be moved. But if LeBron had Lonzo and knowing what you know now, Brandon Ingram and now Julius Randle, do you see that team also as championship contenders? Because I, I actually do. Because it's funny when that original Laker team was being built and then they're like, oh, we're going to get rid of all these scrubs to bring in AD, which quality over quantity but now some of those quantity pieces they grew up and they're playing great now i don't know if they all necessarily fit like brandon ingram and lebron but like lonzo had a comeback season and then julius like that's a pretty good team on paper i don't know if it cohesives well but yeah I, i mean like on paper for sure i can see what you mean because of i but i also think a big reason why it looks good now is because they got out of la true um, so, you know, they had the, I think the, you know, there's a lot that comes with being a Los Angeles Lakers, the expectations, and especially with the pedigree that those picks came in at, we're talking about Julius Randle was what, wasn't he like a top? I think he was a seven, top. like number seven overall. D'Lo was two, two. Ingram was two, which. Lonzo was two or Lonzo, three, right? Yeah. And Russell was, which I honestly, you know me, I'm a conspiracy person. Like the Lakers shouldn't even got half of those picks at the numbers that they got. And that's, I just feel like that was the league giving out a handout. So that's why I'm very unsympathetic to like how, whenever the Lakers, <laughs> however they win, it just feels grimy. I don't know. Um, but we'll people talk said about the that. Same, people said the same thing when, when the Bulls got the number one pick and, you know, got Derrick Rose. So yeah, like, but then oh, the it was a very pick. small chance of getting a, a, the number one pick. Right. And I thought that was fixed too. No doubt. Like <laughs> just looking at that look fixed and you know, they really needed that Chicago market to like rise, but which kind of crazy. And we'll, we'll save this for another episode because those Bulls teams were amazing, uh, but also very tragic. And it was like yeah, yeah. almost as quickly as it started, it, it was, was gone. gone. Yeah. And, but it's very memorable because I remember those battles and man. Uh, but yeah, I also, I always think that the league's dipping in their toes and putting in players where they deem necessary. For example, the fact that the Pelicans got Zion right after losing AD I don't know. Seems a little sus. Right. When Kyrie and what was his name? Was it Anthony Bennett? Anthony Bennett, that bum. Yeah, that bum. I feel bad for that guy. And that's why I don't like the process where it's like, oh, so I don't know. I don't know how they fix the draft, but there might need to be a wayward solution. But back to the topic of Hawks next. Who do you got out of there? Um. Yeah, I think Um. I just love Trey Young's swagger right now. Yeah, it's infectious and you can see like the rest of the team's buying into it um even watching the you know watching them at home the past few games um you could just see the crowd really get into it and buy into this team 
So it's really cool. And I, I like I said, that, that Ju- if Julius Randle doesn't show up tonight, or what's the next game? Wednesday. Wednesday. He doesn't show up on Wednesday. He they're they're done. So he'll be the the, the main factor into the in the Knicks being able to prolong a series. Whether or not that happens, I don't know. But I love Trey Young. I love that offense with him and John Collins. So it's really cool to see his development because he he's a big component. I'm like, I mean, he shouldn't even be there. He should be Dallas Mavericks still, right? So we can get into that at a different time. But yeah, um, seeing that is just really cool to. to because he's bringing that 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 rival. It's not even a rivalry, but just him chirping at Spike Lee and seeing that on TV, and then yeah, it's just good to see I can see that being a future rivalry. I really could. I could see him being like kind of like that next guy, and it's good. I think he's great villain for, for them. Yeah, yeah. Um, I but I got I, the Hawks. I got the Hawks. Got the Hawks. Yeah. yeah. See, I I think the Hawks will win. I really want the Knicks to win, just because I really want to see that their gritty team. Like, I think they would give philadelphia more fits than the hawks even though the hawks are high scoring but like once you stop one or two of them, like they can't stop anybody on defense and um i really just want to see like this Knicks team get one round further because if they do i think it'll set up for once a little bit of truth of like they could get a star in the offseason which i don't know who's available who they get but if they had a star, and that's the thing that I think I noticed with the series is like the lack of star power on the Knicks side. Like it was supposed to be Randall, but he can't really, he, had, he hasn't gotten it done. So if they had just that one centerpiece, man, this team could be good. But, you know, we'll see. Uh, but yeah, I think the Hawks will win. They're just too high scoring. You got Trey Collins, uh, Bogdanovich, which, me. Oh, we don't talk about that, right? Every we talk time about that on this podcast. Because, like, here's that. the thing: you swap him out and you put him in Milwaukee. That team's scary good. Um, but I mean, but he's he, he's like most shooting guards. He he can't cover. He's a little too lateral, uh, a little bit slow on that regard. But man, that guy shoots light out, lights out. I'm upset. Still think there's a little bit of a uh, little bit of the league not just allowing things to happen and. For us you, to pay that are price. you getting like Chris? Are you getting Chris Paul vibes where they denied the trade? You know, I think it's worse on? because it's like we're not we weren't even getting like a superstar, and like teams have done this many times before, like the Lakers fleecing Memphis with Paul Gasol. Like, yo, definitely not. Like, I don't know. I feel like the league picks and chooses when to enforce things and when not to. Uh, KD to the Nets. Um, why yeah. and the Clippers like you're not going to put a stop to that but you're going I don't know I just seem it just seems a little bit odd and it I mean it also harks back to the point where like it was right when before Yana signed and it was like it almost felt like oh they're trying to do everything in their power to like make it hard on Milwaukee which fuck you he signed he's going to stay so can't thank god that was like a day that I'll never forget <laughs> stressful <laughs> dude stressful the whole offseason because it's like Oh, we got Giroux, which I was really happy for. And then I saw the price that we paid. And I was like, ah, wow, they're really hedging their bets. And then when the Bogdan thing went through, I was like, oh, man, yeah, now we have a team only to get it reneged not even two days later. I, I just haven't seen that before. Um, I think the only time in history was, I think it was Minnesota, and I forgot what player it was. And then they got docked like four, uh, four first round. Oh, for tampering. Who was it? Oh fuck! You know, I, 
You know what I'm talking about, though, right? I, I remember, yeah. And because of that, that killed Kevin Garnett's Timberwolves. They were out of contention. And then within three years, he went to Boston. We all know what happened there. You know, all that hype, all that talk, one ring. <laughs> but, um, yeah, let's move, let's move to the West. Um, which one do you want to talk about first? And I'll let you lead off. Uh, the one that I want to I want to kind of leave for last, though, which is I think the most compelling series of the entire playoffs right now is probably the Blazers and Nuggets. So I want to leave that that one for last. But okay, okay. we can go into, I guess, Lakers-Suns just because it happened yesterday and you kind of saw when AD got taken out of the game for that groin strain, things changed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been a big Suns component since going back from last year, like right before they went in, you know, to the like pandemic and their rise in the bubble or whatever. So right. um, they are a fun team. Them with Chris. I love just seeing Chris Paul out there, even though he's got, he's banged up with that shoulder injury. It's just good to see him back out there. He's kept every single team competitive that he's been on since forever. So yeah. it's just good to see him and Devin Booker finally getting the, the rightful, energy that everyone should have for him because that kid can shoot he can ball it's amazing to see so i'm really interested to see what happens i think that series is going to be contingent upon what happens with ad because they already i'm pretty sure ruled them out for game five they did, um, which is interesting because game five is a swing game swing game and it's in phoenix um i'm more looking for lebron james because i feel like he's been quite passive and hasn't been able to get to the rack. And it's not that he can't, it's just, he doesn't always do so. And it's like, I don't know. I feel like they kind of cost themselves a game one and then game four, they just look bad. And maybe it's just because 80 was out, but it sucked the energy, man. I don't know a little bit. It did. But like, yeah. here's the thing. Phoenix essentially lost Chris Paul for like two games. It did. Yep. And they were able to make adjustments. I'm curious to see the type of adjustments that the Lakers made, because I think after game three, most people thought this series is over because the Lakers made the proper adjustments. Now it's dependent on if AD, which every Laker fan, which I don't want to hear is mm. them talk about health, which is like, bro, you know exactly what you guys were coming in when you got a LeBron at his age and then B Anthony Davis. Like, let's not, let's not act like health isn't a big factor because it is. And you can tell like they don't have that continuity and it's interesting because I think most people would have said their team was a lot better than last year's team. And it just, well, they got a lot of big, big, big pieces, right? They got Marcus Saul now. Yeah. Um, Drummond. Schroeder. Schroeder. Yep. Which Schroeder has been kind of like the, well, no, KCP has been the new Danny Green, I would say. Yeah. People are crapping on him for not doing his job, but. I don't know, man. It's it's very touch and go with them, and they're gonna always find excuses for something. There's always a reason that they're gonna be, oh, you know, so and so didn't do this, didn't do that. But at the ultimately, I think it's gonna be Devin Booker just shutting the door. Oh, that's your prediction. That I think Devin Booker, he there's just something about this kid, and it's not even me trying to be like uh as as noted as most people know uh, i wouldn't even call myself a lebron hater just not there's not a lebron i just don't back him but I you. it's not even that it's just more i want to see devin booker i want to see this suns team go just because they're fun to watch man i just 
really appreciate the kind of the schematics and the play they, they, that they bring forth. And it's just a lot different than what you're normally accustomed to. I don't know. And I just have a lot of love for Chris CP3, man. Just I want to see him win one or at least get to the finals finally. Um, yeah, see, it's for me, it's, it's love-hate with CP because there are times where I really love, like when he was on the Hornets, love that. Oh, yeah, that was um, a great, that was a fun team. But then, I don't know, he's also that guy that does a lot of just, like, annoyances, and it's just like, yeah, man. I, and, like, he's also been part of, like, teams that I've just not been big fans of. Like, when he was part of that Clipper team, like, oh. A lob city? <laughs> yeah, when they choked all the time, I was like, yeah, good. All flash. And then when it comes to it, like, nah. And then Houston, which was interesting because he got hurt, because that was a team that probably should have won, if we're going to be honest. But then, you know, you know me, I was, I'm not a big, I'm not the biggest Harden guy. And then I wasn't a huge fan of like that Houston era. I really was against like the whole, uh, what is that type of offense that they're running? Um, essentially like the five seconds or left, less like version with D'Antoni, like D'Antoni's offense, like very analytical base. Wasn't a big fan of that. Um, and I don't know. He's just been a very, he's an enigma, but I like him like at times where it's like, Oh, when he was with OKC, I loved him. I don't know. I really brought a lot to that team. Brought a lot to that team. Um, With Phoenix, eh, I'm like indifferent. Uh, I don't mind them going far. Um, I'm also not as high on Booker as you are. Uh, Amazing game one. But like he's not shooting super efficiently right now. But he can pop off at any moment. So I'm... Probably. He's a cookbook, bro. He's a cookbook. <laughs> cookbook. Yeah, dude. Um, the one that I'm actually watching is DeAndre Aiden. That cat is having a series. So, um, yeah, people were poo-pooing him for a while, calling yeah. him like Greg Oden and stuff like that. And mainly because he just looks really old for his he actual does. age. He does. I also think he gets unfair criticism because of where he was picked and the people after. Because, like, you know, can you imagine? Just hypothetically, could you imagine if they would have took Doncic. either even Trey Young or Doncic? Yeah. That'd be that'd be really nice. And I don't care what people say. Not taking that like Luca was a mistake because that cat is next generation. Um, and Trey Young is proving on the other side. Not saying that Aiden won't get there, but it's hard to as a big argue. man, especially now. Yeah, and you 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 also have to wonder is like, oh, is there favoritism because he went to the University of Arizona? But that's a story for another day. Um, I'm on the opposite side. No, I don't love love LeBron. But I love and respect LeBron a lot, and I'm never when the chips get down the line, when it's the game five, six, and seven, that's when LeBron plays his best. And until you can beat the champs, like I always have to sway with them. Like there's no reason for me to doubt them. Sure. Um, and, so let me ask you this. Let me yeah. ask you this. Do you see another? Because we've seen it time and time again. Mm-hmm. LeBron, especially in the game five, just like you said, game five, game six, man turns up. Yep. for like 45 points near damn triple double with his current age and with his you know recent spells with injury do you see him doing that now maybe not 40 points but i can definitely see him getting to like the mid 30s like and high efficiency right i think that's also the key i think uh t- um sorry i got this text message anyways <laughs> I got um here's the thing he shoots efficiently and he makes his players play better but I I think he's got to bypass getting other guys set up a little bit 
in order just to score points early and often. So I can see him going for like 35, 36, but um, I know like his trademark 40. Right. And I think he honestly, in order to beat this Phoenix team, he's going to have to do that because a lot of these guys, they just don't have it because LA can't hit threes to save their life right now. And it's, it's going to show like that not having Rondo makes a huge difference. And I think Dwight really does. made a difference. Um, like Andre Drummond sometimes doesn't even look like it can be playable. Montrez. Looks, it looks I don't aloof. Know. They don't have their lineup set. And it's like, yo, it's game five. They got to figure out something. But like I said, I never doubt the King. He's proven time and again to not doubt him. So until I can see him be beat, I can't, I just can't see the Lakers losing round one. If they do windfall, that changes so many things, but uh, in the spirit of not talking about one series for too, too long, I say, let's move to the next one, which uh, let's see what we got. There's one more jazz. Oh, jazz Memphis. I'll keep just it go playing. over that glass. Yeah. Yeah. I love John Morant. I love that team. They're not his time yet. Not his time. Yet. Not his time. And it's Utah's time. Plus, after what Utah went through last year, losing that game seven like that, ooh, I want I want to see Utah at least make it to the next round, uh, and they deserve it. Um, they played great basketball, amazing basketball. Uh, is it enough to win it all? I don't know. I think so. I do. I think Donovan Mitchell can be that guy, and they have so many good supporting pieces where. Um, they can make a deep run. They can win it all. Uh, I don't know if they will, but I, I like their chances. So I'll, I'll just say that. Oh yeah, I'll just just to wrap that up that series up. I, same. I don't really see too much coming out of that, and I, I'm excited to see where the Grizzlies go um, afterwards. I don't think they're gonna you know finish this out, but I'm excited where their development is gonna be, and this experience is only gonna be beneficial to John Moran and company. So um, we can go on to the next series if you'd like. Yeah, uh, I think there's we got two more. We have the Blazers and Nuggets and Clips and Mavs. Both are very intriguing because both are currently uh two two. So. Yeah, yeah. Um I don't I think the more interesting of the two is Clippers Mavs, but agreed. Um I guess let's save that for last then. I know you want to okay. do Denver Portland last, but let's yeah, I just I I, I love Dame. So I no, love Dame we can too. we can do that. We can do I, that. We can so do that one. let's go, let's go Portland, Denver, because here's the thing. I also like Denver and like what they've had to overcome. Um, yeah, with losing Jamal Murray for sure. Yeah, Jokic is MVP. No, no doubt. MVP. Yeah, no doubt. no doubt. Um, but I think he's gonna be. He's that guy. So um, I like their team. The way that they're constructed, I love the coach. Uh, but like I said, I Dame's probably one of my favorite players. Like his whole just. How who he is as a player, how he conducts himself, conducts himself in the league. Like he doesn't mind potentially not winning. He wants to be in Portland, which I love because I love when players stay small markets. He's got a rap career, and he's the only player that here's the thing: Steph Curry is that guy, but Dame Willard has slowly crept up through the years where it's like, I don't know, when it's those like half court. Deep threes. It's like I think kind of want, yeah. I kind of want Dame Lillard. Yeah, he's, he's just the most clutch player. I think he's the most clutch player in the league right now. When you need a shot, I'm taking Dame. That's fair. I mean, I think the the big component um, for 
the Nugget success outside of Jokic is going to be Michael Porter Jr., who I think is amazing. The kid is just smart. So, yeah. like, if he can continue, you know, his most, you know, he got thrown into that situation and he's been really, really on his A game as of late. If he can continue that or even step it up just a little bit more, I think that that'll be the main catalyst for the Nuggets pulling this one out. But it's, it's this one is the, for me, the hardest series to, to kind of gauge or like who's actually going to win. It is because, because it's like, how- I think on paper, Denver should win because, like, here's the thing, the, and it's so interesting. The Blazers, what's always been their Achilles heel is like they can't play defense. And yet, these guys that they still have, they're still not defensively sound, not even close. So it's yeah. like they're going with this philosophy where just might not score you, which I don't know if it always works like houston tried it didn't work like and i feel i feel bad because i almost feel like this is their last stand with this iteration of the blazers because i mean mellow's old mellow's old i almost feel like i like cj mccollum a lot but i almost feel like you might have to move him to like switch out that team uh terry stotts will will be out which sucks because he did a wonderful job bringing that uh team and retooling it but it sucks because like they can't like your like i love their players i just don't think they have enough to beat matchup wise like a lot of these teams and like they don't have defense so it's like what do you do and it's a shame because like i don't i like this portland team but i i think big changes are going to be needed in, in order for them to like stay in contention because now they're just getting older and right. they still like, yeah. And some of their players haven't hit, like they got, they traded for Covington, which people forget. And like, he hasn't really done much. He worked really well in Houston, but it just hasn't panned out. Uh, they don't have a center, like a durable, durable is the key word and poignant enough center. Um, but you know what, you know me, I, I can never doubt Dame. So my heart says Blazers. Oh, your heads and nuggets. That's that's kind of where I'm at. Too. Yeah, and like yeah. I also can't doubt the nuggets because that team, when their backs against the wall, oh they man, show they up. They yeah. yeah, they throw haymakers. And Aaron Gordon was a good trade. That was a good pickup. Austin Rivers has been great as in the supporting role. Oh, yeah. Especially the what was it, game three? Yeah, he went off. Um yeah. and just Jokic. But yeah, I have I have Denver winning, or they should win. Let's say like if Dame's able to pull off. So that's the other reason I don't necessarily want Portland to like go that far. It's because I just feel like they're only they might give out everything in the series and then get totally like smashed the next round. So, uh, but like I said, I like Dame, um, but then I think Denver Denver in six. I think they'll turn on another. Um, they'll turn it. They'll turn it up. All right, so let's get to the last one uh, that we have yet to talk about, which is, you know, Kawhi yeah. Leonard and the Clippers. Kawhi and, and, and playoff P and the Clippers <sighs> against so Doncic and Porzingis. So, so many storylines, so many. And it's so much fun. So I like to watch, like, you know, YouTube basketballers. And, man, how much love, hate these, clip, this clip, these Clippers always have. Uh, last year, you know, they were this big hype job. And then when they blew that 3-1 lead, um, you know, you didn't hear the end of it. And this year, I think they looked better and they're under the radar. I think this team is a little bit more sound. I think getting, losing Harold, which at first you're like, oh man, that's such a big piece. 
and putting in Kennard. Uh, but canard has been a nice, you know, depth piece, and like he's just sound. Uh, I, I also canard has been. I feel like he's been a waste of money. A waste. Yeah, I think he. I think for what they, the 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 investment that they put in him, I don't. I don't see them really reaping the benefits out of it. But that's neither here nor there. Well, but. I think it's better than. So here's the thing. Last year, Montrez was really good, but then he got ran out the court, and you couldn't even play him. So it's like. True. Would you rather have a player that you can at least play or a player that like if they know his weakness and they go at it because he was almost rendered useless against um gosh, the Nuggets? Yeah, the Nuggets. And like he couldn't do anything. So I don't I don't know. Uh but I also think that swapping out Doc for Ty Lu is better for that Clippers team. But like, yeah, I mean, let's get to the crux of it. Uh Paul George. I don't know. Uh I'm not a big Paul George guy. No. There's just something about him that I don't like. I don't know. And when Dave was talking about like the easy way out, like I, I look straight at they, the Clippers just do so a lot wrong, like intentionally, like I think they intentionally lost so they could play Dallas, but <laughs> I don't know. They're, 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 they're a love hate. And I don't know. Sometimes I love them. Other times like absolute garbage, like get out of here. And I, I just don't know how to feel about them. I mean, I think a lot of it, is yeah that they assumed that villain role right because they wanted to be that and that was just paul george's demeanor ever since he went there right he's just like i don't i'm gonna do me i'm i'm pg it's like come on dude like yeah quiet leonard is everything and everything about that team so um but i'm concerned for the mavericks a little bit i mean he played through it last game but Doncic's neck um especially with injuries in the playoffs, something to look out for, especially in that series. So the kid is just special. He's just – I like we were just briefly talking about how, in hindsight, should have been the number one pick in that Aiton draft. But that kid just knows what he needs to do when he's on the floor. His vision's impeccable. The shot, he can just get – He he's not even doing it with, like, anything. Uh, it's just he always is in the right position. Yeah. He always finds himself in the right position to make the right decision. And he's not quick or anything like that. He just, he can get his. And it's just amazing to watch his development. And him and Porzingis has been really fun to watch. See, I'm not, I'm not super big on Chris Stops. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think, to be honest, I. You hate him because Giannis hates him. That's no, why you hate him. I, let's be for real. What has he really done this year? Like, he hasn't been great. He's. I mean, he, he, he's slow, and, like, I just think – here's the thing. I almost rather have Dallas lose, so that way it forces them to retool. And I think – because I think Luka needs a better – he needs a second better player, like a better start with him. Um, I love Luka. I think he's, like, the closest comparison that I can make is, like, a mixture between Pete Maravich and, like, Larry Bird. Uh you know, graceful with the ball, not superly athletic like either of those guys, but just mm. gets it done. But Persingas, it, it, he's like not always on the court and it takes him a while. Like, I just think if you can get good value for him, I think that team could be because they're, let's, let's be real, they're like one player away from like true, true contention because yeah. like they're like all, most teams, amazing offense, uh, spotty, I would say defense uh 
but they got some, they got some pieces and I'm, I mean, they have money and they're going to have like a whole max contract available to them. So, um, and they got Boban. So yeah, <laughs> everyone's favorite. Uh, yeah, man. What was that movie that he was in? Was he in, uh, uh John wick three, John wick three. Okay. Yeah. He so got destroyed. Say, destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> John Reeves destroyed him. It was amazing. But, um, that threw me off when he just showed up in the dude. I was like, that's, yeah. that's Boban. <laughs> but then again, this this series has thrown me off. You know what? These teams are winning. It's like whoever, who, who, no one wants to win at home. So um, I don't know. I think I think it's going to be similar to last year's where it'll go 6-7. But I think the Clippers, I, I think the Clippers will win. I, I, I'm just never going to, I will always look at Kawhi as that guy. And just because, and I think for people that always doubt Kawhi, it's like, oh, they don't really know true basketball because that guy's a superstar. Yeah, he, he is. just doesn't have the superstar personality, but that doesn't yeah, mean shit. And all, no. honestly, I'd rather have you not have the superstar personality. Although he says he does some questionable, weird, I don't know. He's also been an uh-huh. guy, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, which, hey, if, or man gets paid though. He, he does, but like, man, that guy, he's clutch. So, Let's just say this. Let's go hypotheticals. If the Clippers get bounced round one, Kawhi leaving? He has that player option, right, after this year? Yeah, he'll be free. So I guess it's it's internal. It, what, what was his internal motivation to come in L.A., right? Like that's home for him and everything that's like home. that. Is that still LA. relevant to him now? I don't know. Yeah. So well, I mean, here's the thing. He also has his ships already, so it's like, he can go and do whatever he wants. Yeah. Or do you think, I don't know, because, you know, Miami Heat culture, they're always like, oh. Yeah, that, that's the big team, right? That they're saying that he would want to go join Jimmy I heard Butler. Miami Heat with Bradley Beal, James Harden, and. I mean, to be fair, the Heat, when they go after someone, they get them. So. They do. But I also think it's just like one of those mini Lakers situations. Where remember for the longest time, oh, Lakers are going to get LaMarcus Aldridge. Lakers are going to get. CP3, Lakers are going to get... Um, it's, like, it's like the Julio Jones situation now. Everyone's rumored to get yeah. <laughs> Julio Jones. <laughs> Which, so. honestly, where do you think he's going? And I guess this is a good, perfect segue to end. Well, real quick, who do you got? Clippers, Mavs? At, at the, at, when it's all said and done, I think it's it's going to end up being Clippers. Okay. Um, I love Doncic, but I, I think that neck is going to bother him. I feel you. I feel you. Um, yeah, winding down here. Where do you think Julio's going? We'll we'll save football for another day, but I'm very curious what. No, happens. yeah, I mean, just to kind of transition into that, that's kind of what we were alluding to earlier at the beginning of the con- uh, podcast was that we're going to have a football focused podcast. Yeah. Um, together, and that's something in the works. Really excited to do that, especially with the off season, a lot of news on the Packers and the Bears front, and just yeah. in the league overall. But especially with Julio Jones, I know the biggest rumor are like all the. Biggest thing right now is everyone's saying he's going to go to the Titans for like a second round pick, which that would be intriguing to see him and AJ Brown opposite one another and that offense be really fun to see. But um, ultimately, I have this just like this sneaky suspicion that I hate that he's going to end up with in in New England. I I think he's going to end up. See, that's where I think he's going to end up too. Is New England. I think it just makes sense. They have money. They spent all this money retooling that offense. And here's the thing. I know some Patriots fans were mad about not getting fields and getting Mac Jones, but I think Mac Jones fits that offense. And then if you have Julio, 
you added Johnny Smith. You added who's Parker that? Henry. Yeah, you added Boren, right? Um, uh, Nelson Aguilar, I'm pretty sure as well. Oh, they added Nelson. Yeah, that's right. They added a lot, but I can see it going well. I also am very interested in what his actual trade value is because I always hate when there's reports about like, oh, second round pick, first round pick, because that's just adding more. I And I find no truth. And on, also, I actually have a weird feeling it might not be like one of the top four teams that were like listed in Beach Report because I don't think anyone else had J.J. Watt going to Arizona. I think it's going to be a team that is you're like, oh, it makes sense once the trade happens, but like they weren't part of the initial talks. Okay, so for the for me, I'll, let me throw you throw you a, a, one of those teams that I think kind of fits that mold. That's not really being talked about, but I think is a potential suitor. Baltimore. The, that's Baltimore for you. Yeah, it's Baltimore for me. Uh, for me, it's actually the LA Chargers. Really? Mm-hmm. They're pretty set, aren't they? I thought they were pretty set at wideout, and they got they, that's a, so so they have Mike Williams, they have mm-hmm. Keenan Allen. What else? They still got they got money. They well, so last year they had those two receivers kind of come out of nowhere when Mike Williams. Right. Yeah, I know who you're yeah. talking about, but I just why wouldn't they go after Julio? Do that team is I don't know. They'll make it work, right? It's just it's one of those things that even if they're if they're fle- uh, flex uh, or cap flexed, right? They don't have they don't have a or strap. I should say. Why wouldn't they? That'd be interesting to see, like to throw another tool to Justin Herbert. Especially with how much they invested in that O line too, I, yeah. I agree with you. I don't know if they have the money, but I'd be interested to see, like in in a fantasy football capacity, I guess that would be one of my favorite landing spots for sure. I, I, for like, that. I like that. I I want I want Baltimore because I think Lamar Jackson needs that go to guy, and he has a couple of good receivers, but like they're all very limited. Like what's his name? He's a flyer. He Hollywood just, Brown. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Julio would do that. I'm also a little interested because, like, his contract's not cheap by any stretch of the imagination. No, yeah, whoever but, whoever takes that on, it's they're taking everything. So right, and it's like I don't know. I feel like any team, I would take a flyer. It's Julio Jones. Like, I know he got hurt a little bit last year, but like, man, you put him up. He's a number one receiver on almost. Now, when healthy, teams. he is the number one wide receiver in the league. You still think he's the number one wide receiver in the league? When healthy. In recent memory, he is number one. Now, because you, um, Adams has Rodgers, he's the number one in all of the league. Does that make sense? In terms yeah, of like, well, who do you who do you got? Who do you got as your like one, two, three, four? I guess one to five because like it always changes. Also, you know, because well, yeah, I don't have Julio yeah. in my top five right now because he's been slowing down. Sure. Um, so right now, I would say contingent upon everything staying the same as of right now, we have. Adams, yeah, Hopkins, Hopkins, Stefan Diggs because of Josh Allen. Yeah, Diggs. Uh Amari Cooper. No. 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 no, no. I had a slap Keenan Allen. Cross. Yo, Keenan, no. Yeah, Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen. What do you mean? Keenan Allen. Yeah. But it's okay, not- yeah, no. Amari Cooper, you can take out. I'm, t- I'm putting in Keenan Allen. Okay, so, okay. So that's four. And AJ Brown. Five. Who? AJ Brown. Oh, that, that kid is special, man. He reminds me of Anquan Bolden. You know, who I really like that you Nary mentioned. Although it's a love hate with I, 
I love DK. I think. Oh, I mean, teammates, right? Him and uh, AJ Brown, teammates in Old Miss. Yeah, dude. I think DK has proven everything and more. And like, I think he's going to make that next step. I think he could be be elite. Um, But so here's the thing. That's why I like AJ Brown more now because he has proven that he's elite, comparatively speaking. Ah, I see. And yeah, so for me, my number one receiver easily, and I don't even think without question is actually um, DeAndre Hopkins. That cat can ball. Um, I also like Michael Thomas, but I don't know. It's hard to evaluate him when he's part of like that's really much stretch offense. But uh, yeah, we'll get into one of those the other day. Uh, I'm running out of steam. <laughs> Getting a little tired. Uh, have you seen anything recently? Uh, movie-wise, TV-wise? Sure. So to kind of end things and as we wind down here, the, the most recent three things that I've watched, uh, two TV shows, one movie, um, Invincible on Amazon yep. and The Boys. I haven't watched. I hadn't watched that until now. I watched all of those all the way through. Invincible, amazing cartoon. Yeah. Just didn't. I had no idea going into it. I had nothing to uh, no information about it. Absolutely amazing. So if you like cartoons, Great watch. The boys, lot very similar, you know, tone compared to Invincible. Really fun. But um, and then the movie, um, which I thought was a miss, was uh, Army of the Dead. Um, I agree. That was on my last episode. I was talking about it. Where I, yeah, it was a miss. It was just all right. I just thought it was gonna be a lot better. Uh, yeah, but... the, the ending was weird. Yeah, just also very very Zack Snyder. Um. I'm on episode four of it, Invincible. Can't wait to finish that one up. Uh, man, episode one, did not see that coming. That sets the tone, man. It's, 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 it sets it's the, the tone. Um, you knew exactly I, I, what you were getting into. Yeah, man, exactly. And then the last, the only thing I've really, I haven't been watching movies, been a little bit busy, but I have been watching Mighty Duck Game Changers, which I've mentioned. I try to tell people, I think it's funny. I know people you watch haters. it. Yeah, man. People, I, when I recommended it, people were hating. I'm like, yo. This shit's legit. It I, is. I it's think corny as hell, but it's, it's good. corny as fuck. Yeah, it's good. And and, and I yeah, you know, I watched the season finale or whatever last week, and I thought they tied it in really well, and they they gave you gave you the sense of what's come what's to come next. So I, I thought that wait. was a really yeah, clever way. I, of I still got the finale, it. but like, there's that who's I don't know his friend that's like the podcaster. Like yo, that first episode. Oh yeah, Nick. Like, yeah. When he's like trying to recruit, he's like, you know, I kind of more have like the this podcasting body. I <laughs> I died. And this kid for like being like, I don't know, like maybe 13, 14, 15, whatever. I don't even know. How. Comedic timing's good. Yeah, his comedic timing's good. And he's almost like just like an adult, like what an adult podcaster would be like as a kid. So um, and I really love uh that Emilio Estevez is like in it, but like he's kind of like this lost soul, but it's not like overdrawn. And then I thought it was appropriate, their cameos, where it was appropriate, but, like, not too nostalgic. Because, like, I think too much in today's world, uh, it's all about nostalgia. And I forgot the term that they use when you bring in nostalgia a lot. Or fan service. Too much fan service going on. And I like things standing on their own. And this almost feels like an independent series. Or, like, it feels like fall. It's closer to, like, Cobra Kai, except not as fan service. Where they pay homage. Yeah, they pay homage to it, but they don't depend on the nostalgia. Which, and I will end on this note. Did you see Cobra Kai's uh, trailer announcement? Yeah, I heard they're bringing back the villain from part three. Is that right? Terry Silver, which honestly, part three sucked anyways. 
But <laughs> they're so here's the thing. I think they're if they could in an ideal world, I think they should wrap it up with this last season. Like, yo, they're not gonna be in high school forever. Karate. Yeah, like, they're looking, they're already starting to look a lot older. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. but I love it. I love that was the pandemic show for me that I was like, wow, I binge watched that so hard so quickly. And I was like, yo, this is great. And it it made me feel like it's really cool that it really delved on that concept of like, you know, it all started with that one YouTube video, like, oh, is the other guy, the actual hero and Ralph Macchio character, mm-hmm. the bad guy? Uh, the the How I Met Your Mother uh, fan theory, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, and it's so interesting because, like, I what's his name? The guy who plays uh, Johnny? He's great. Oh, uh, he's like the actor? Yeah. I actually oh. think he's a better actor than Ralph Macchio. It's really also hard because Ralph Macchio still looks like a kid. <laughs> he does yeah in this face um, for sure billy zapka yeah billy yeah dude great honestly great show i can't wait i'm also smart move by netflix to buy the distribution rights like remember when i was on youtube on youtube red? youtube red yeah. <laughs> which they're still trying to get me to buy that youtube tv i'm not i won't no. it. all right utt no see you, what is that youtube premium is yeah whatever i'm not doing it YouTube- YouTube TV is legit. I, I'm off the cable. I've cut the cords and I'm okay. all streaming services. YouTube TV is legit. So for anyone out, not, not an ad hashtag, ad, um, YouTube TV is legit. I will say I, I am considering Hulu now that they have the rights to red zone. So we'll see about that. Oh yeah. Hulu. Um, yeah. I'm a Hulu HBO Netflix guy. Um, that's everyone's my- a hybrid man somewhere along the line. A hybrid, Prime. Exactly. And I feel like I, I actually want to get rid of Netflix, but I feel like that's just the legacy one that you got to keep. And then I have Disney Plus just because of the Disney Library. I'm telling you, it's how they get you, man. We're, we're paying cable, but just through all these different streaming services. So that's a different conversation for another day. Yeah, sure. exactly. I can't wait to talk about that one. That's going to be an episode in itself. But anyways, um, I'm Justin, uh, guest over here, Castro. Uh, so we will have our podcast coming out soon. Uh, Castro, what's the name of this podcast? Uh, shoot the J podcast. It's it, it's a nice little homage to the Dave Chappelle and uh, the uh, Prince bit. Shoot it. So, <laughs> shoot the J. I can't podcast. wait. Yeah, this is good. But I'm I, I'm glad that you could just hop on a call quick. It's really good to hear your voice. Um, Likewise, oh, man. Thanks for having me. Appreciate absolutely. it. I know. Next time we speak, I'll probably be on the same time zone. Finally. Uh, wild. Welcome oh, back. Wow. So yeah, it's tuning. Yeah, like little background like yeah this is the guy drove out with me thank god um he did most of the driving that's yeah that's that's another story for another time that'll be (laughs) i'm really happy but yeah it's it's kind of good to bring you back into the fold into this chapter so i can't wait to see what's next uh but take care brother i'll see you and have a good day and everyone else love uh, you man memorial weekend all right take care everyone take care